Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slay's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right. Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there. Enzo, touchdown to Troy Lyons. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back. And I got Grifka here. Now, Grifka, before I introduce you, right before we jumped on the podcast, man, I just threw on the headphones for like the last hour and just jammed out to music. When's the last time you did that, man? Um, I do that when I go for a run. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> oh, much when yeah. I listen to music. <laughs> right. You are king of the run, man. It's been a while since I just like I'm listening to podcasts. I'm doing all types of other work. Last time I put on the tunes and just enjoyed for a while, so that was pretty awesome. But uh, happy to be on the show with you today. How you doing, Griff? Not bad, not bad. One week from Christmas. Uh, pretty excited for Christmas. <laughs> I, I'm glad you're not bad, but unfortunately uh, we have to talk about this game that happened last Sunday in Buffalo. But uh, before we get to that, um, just a couple quick news and notes. So we, we had early on in the week, Deshaun Hand went on IR. It just came out before we kind of started recording. Uh, as you said, they put carry on and bubble wrap. He's on IR. I mean, it's just a parade to the IR list. Like, what, any thoughts about that? Yeah, this is uh, like we had talked about. I think this is just the uh, if uh, if they were in the playoff hunt, they might have uh, they might be using these guys. That's kind of what I think the uh, Buffalo loss did. It uh, pretty much made the decision on Carryon Johnson. It's like, okay, we're out of it. Just uh, you know, put him on IR. Maybe the same for Deshaun Hand as well. You know, they're now that they're uh, officially out of the playoff hunt. That's all, that's what I'm leaning towards on on these uh, calls right there. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, it's just tough. Like you know, they didn't have much of a chance yet. We got all juiced up for hey, maybe they win three, and maybe all these other teams lose, and then. When it doesn't happen, like now, they're just kind of shutting guys down, but not saying they're shutting them down. So, um, you know, expected, but both kind of disappointing and uh, but optimistic for the future. Now, Grifka, I didn't even plan to do this on the show today, but it's got me hot before the show. So, like, I need to cut a promo right now on some some Lions fans out there. You mind if I do that? Oh uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm interested to hear this. Okay. I didn't even want to do this, but it literally happened right before we started recording. And, and before we get into the game review and some of our questions and stuff for today, I might as well get it off my chest. So, um, you know me, 
in. I'm trying to pop on when Matt Pats does his pressers. I jump on. I give the Detroit Kool-Aid. I'm I'm saying some good things here or there. And man, oh man, like 50%, I swear, the people on these pressers are haters. They just get on to rag the Lions. This team never wins. Trade Matt Stafford. He sucks. All this stuff, right? So I just put up some stuff. And, like, I've been blown away, Grifka, by – you know, these quote unquote fans that then come after me after the fact and like reply to my message and give me these diatribes about how they'll never win or because they haven't, they never will. And like right before we get on here, I put up some message on Twitter again, doing a little more Twitter Detroit underscore Kool-Aid. And I just wrote like every day when I turn on Mike Valeni, he's talking about, you know, what Matt Pat said in the presser and how he's over his head and how, um, this guy has no idea what he's doing. And like a couple people start coming after me on the thing. Like after I put that, because I put, how is this guy over his head? He's won super bowls. He's been in the biggest games ever. And you're saying he's over his head because of what he said in a press conference. First of all, these guys don't say anything in the press conferences that mean anything on purpose. He's not as annoying as Caldwell's pompous attitude was in the pressers. You know, so he's half smart because he's just giving you empty comments. And then these people just want to say, "We have what have we won in 60 years? It's like, what does that matter for right now? And secondly, why be on Lions Twitter and Lions pressers if all you're going to do is hate on this team? Go find another team or just get out of here because all this skepticism, pessimistic, I yell at you half the time for that. I just had it, man. And I get it. I'm starting to get it from all angles. Like, it's just crazy. Why root for a team and then just bag on them the whole time? <laughs> uh, that's funny how people are coming after you. So that's because everybody's, everybody's tougher when when they're not in front of you. So much easier. <laughs> I, lo- I love it. They come after me. You know, I can't, like, not respond. So, like, I got to be weary of the Twitter trolls or these. It's these Facebook people, too, because that's where I usually do the Matt Pat pressers. And it says, like, my name. So, like, after the presser's done, like, the night or the next day, I get, like, 15 messages from these random people that just thought, oh, I'll just rag on this guy because he put something positive about the Lions on a on a Lions press conference. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't usually yell at them back too much, but I just want to tell them to go root for another team. Like, yeah, you can be frustrated, and, yeah, this hasn't been a good year, and we all know the history of this team, but – don't jump on a team-sponsored press conference or a Twitter feed about Lions stuff just to rag on the team. So there, there's my there's my rant. I may have another one in me before this show is done, but I just couldn't get over how, you know, these people are just going on and on. I mean, it sounds like you have the time, Griffith. <laughs> yeah, like I said, we're in packs, but uh, I never do that online, you know, on Facebook or anything like that because – it's just it's just stupid. You generally end up getting in an argument with somebody that, uh, like I said, they're tougher when they're uh, not in front of you. It's like they say stuff to you that online and that they would not say to your face, and it's just <laughs> it's 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 pretty much useless, you know, getting in stuff like that. So it's like whatever. Yeah, like, like they get joy out of just saying, "Oh, this team's terrible." Matt Stafford sucks. Hoping you'll respond back with with something positive, so they can hit you with another negative. Yeah, they're fishing. They're fishing is all they're doing. So, oh well. Anyway, one other news and note, Griff. Because so uh, we talked about all these people going on IR. I just want to get your quick thoughts on Matt Stafford's streak versus like his recent health, where he's hobbling around the field. He's, uh, you know, not blaming it on his health, but then you hear these rumblings about the back. Like, 
do you have any thoughts about how he wants to keep his streak, but he's not healthy and he's not playing well? Like, any thoughts on that? I think the uh, streak to him, I think it's just kind of like a source of pride based on where they're at, you know, what he's doing, what he's gone through with the team. So that's what I personally think it is. It's uh, it, it's just really a source of pride. And I think maybe even kind of stem, stems back to his first couple of years in the league where, you know, people were calling him like, you know, China Doll, you know, Zach Follett, you know, you know, calling him China Doll. And then was it Zach Follett? Was that who it was, that linebacker? Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, uh, late, 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 Lady Jane's uh, sponsor, Zach Follett. Yeah, Zach Follett. Then it's funny because then he gets injured, you know, injures his neck, and he has to quit football. So it's like, <laughs> but uh, that uh, I think that's kind of why this is why he's continuing it. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind him continuing and being a warrior, but I'm there's something in me that's frustrated by like if you're if you're hurt enough. You're not able to do what you need to. You need to sit down, no matter if you got the a streak or not. Secondly, like I don't know how to feel about the presser where people, how's your back? Oh, I'm fine. It's like you sure don't look fine half the time. And uh, you know, if you're fine, then I can see why people sort of blame him for his bad play recently. You know, when you say you're fine but you don't look fine and you're not playing fine. So that's just frustrating to me. And you know, just just overall like i think i cut another promo on another friend because i was like why why is matt stafford like he'll put like a brace on his pinky finger like in week three and it doesn't come off the whole season like what does this guy never heal like everyone says he's so tough but like he's always got bandages and wraps on for weeks and weeks i'm like does this guy do bruises not go away does he not uh does he not heal up from little injuries? I mean, who puts a little brace on their pinky anyway? Unless that thing's ripped in half. Like, come on. You're a football player. It's weak. <laughs> well, you know, maybe uh, just being cautious. He's just being cautious so he can continue his streak. But it's always something. Like, and I'm not even trying. I just ragged on people being negative, and I'm a Stafford fan. But how many times the last three, four years has he had some nagging thing that never goes away? What was the one year? It was like his index finger for like eight weeks in a row was bugging him. And now, oh, my back is twinged for how many weeks now? Like three, four weeks and, and counting. It's like, what, does your back never heal? You know, I I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. Like I would think, hey, if you busted up your pinky in week two, by week, I don't know, six, it should be fine. When you think? <laughs> he's, anyway, he's like. cautious. You know he's going to keep the streak going, but this guy's got to play better. We'll get into that here in the reviews. So, yeah. Griffco, let's talk about Buffalo. Oh, wait, I got, uh, I got one thing I want to mention here. Oh, okay. Uh, just one more one more note I saw today that, uh, you know, the Lions are in need of a wide receiver. You know, uh, somebody, you know, been known to stretch the field, maybe even like kind of, you know, a little skittish that they can run slot. You know, uh, I just saw that uh, Titus Young was released today, you know, from uh, jail. So, uh Lions could sign him again. I mean, you know, they ran some go routes with him. He's like, he could be that underneath guy, kind of skittish. I heard he did play some football in the joint. He was part of the mean machine, you know. So, uh, you know, that could be somebody they, they might want to look into. You know, he knows the town. He knows he knows the fans. So, uh, wouldn't, be, wouldn't be too far of a stretch. You know, one of those bad boys that you're always talking about, you know, with that mean streak that they get on the team. <laughs> All right. Hold on, Griff. Go wait for my response. <laughs> still waiting yeah <laughs> yeah no thank you um <laughs> for, 
first of all, l- l- let me uh, let me now turn my rant over to you, Grifka. Like, I, I pretty much had in the back of my mind this would be on the top of your list of something to talk about. I saw it, but of course I didn't think it was noteworthy. But now that you've brought it up, let me enlighten the people for a second. This doesn't happen too often on the show. First of all, I will readily admit to being a guy that throughout that draft process that year had kind of heard there were lots of rumblings about Titus Young through the senior bowl and some of the games he went to that he was just he'd catch everything nobody could handle him off the line you'd see his highlight reel and it was just off the charts I mean like you say everyone's highlight reel is good but I remember this guy was just taking the top off the defense he was real shifty and like say at that time we kind of needed a guy like that so of course he wasn't really on my, like, want the Lions to pick him radar, but when they picked him, I was excited. I remember me and some buddies, you know, for those first couple years, oh, Titus Bull, you know, he's making plays. And then he just goes AWOL. So I just want to admit to the people that, you know, that was one of the ones I tried to support after the fact, like I do most times. It totally backfired. The guy went completely nuts and cost our team a high second rounder. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just ridiculous to talk about that he's – out of prison or that he'll ever be anywhere near a football field. I mean, this guy won't even be looked at by the XFL or any of these teams. I mean, he's a joke and just one of those, I don't even know how they miss so bad on the guy, but yeah, I mean, maybe he can turn his life around, but I don't want him anywhere near anything to do with football. I know, I know you throw it out there is funny, but it's definitely one of those ones that still hurts because what a miss that was by the Lions. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. So, so the reason I brought it up. Yeah, let's move on to Buffalo now. Oh, gosh, you got me hot, Grifka. Uh, now we got to talk about Buffalo. So Sunday, going into this game, you predicted a win. Now, man, Grifka, I'm just I'm just calling people out today. I got to call you out again for something. I meant to do this a couple shows ago, but I forgot. Are you ready for this? Yeah, go ahead. It's been a while since you <laughs> called me out and chewed me out over stupid stuff. But go ahead. <laughs> Hey, you know, this is stupid. I haven't even told you yet. You're just yeah. assuming? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see about that. But So weeks and weeks ago, probably even months ago on the show, we got into some big battle about how negative you are on, on text messages and how you piss me off. And and you, you said, I almost wanted to pull the clip. You said, and I quote, hey, let me get the bell ready. You were like, <laughs> you were like, I don't ever text first, okay? And I was like, I was like, are you kidding me, Grifka? You sent me many of negative texts before I've prompted you or before I've said something positive. Like, oh no, I never reach out to people. I only respond. So it was a few weeks ago where you were the first to text something negative after a loss or when they started playing bad, which, which pissed me off for many reasons. But like, so this game, the only reason I bring it up is so this game, out of the clear blue sky, I think I got a Grifka positive text. I, like, make it a point maybe not to write you because I don't want to get down before the game or I don't want to hear any garbage. Even though you were positive on this game, you're writing me like, oh, here we go, double Z, looking good. And this team was looking great in the beginning, and then they just fell apart. Like, so the people know now that you're not always truthful, Grifka, because you're not always the second to text. You you definitely fire off shots. Just you don't remember the negativity sometimes they shoot. But this game, you were positive. You shot the first text over to me. I shot you some back. We're like double Z, double initials, feeling good. This team's looking good. 
And then like the mid second, third and fourth quarters happened and we end up with a loss in Buffalo. Like before we get into the details, talk to me about generally what the heck happened there. Just kind of like what always happened. Uh, offense was very conservative and they No, not some... about the game, about you lying to the people about never texting first. Start there. Oh, the only reason I do that to you is because it drives you nuts now. Because I I never generally did that you know before, but I know how much it irks you, and it just, I just pretty much do it to like tweak your nose. That's the only reason I really do it. But you I know I'm trying to fire line. off. Just if if it's something negative, I, I try not to. I, I'm not gonna fire it off anymore. But you know because I know how mad it made you, and you're like, oh. so I'm like, okay, so might as well do something. Didn't I tell you to go root for the pack, uh, the Packers, the Steelers, like three weeks ago, Grifko, when I you got me going. <laughs> yeah, I think you did. I, I, I think I did. Yeah, that, that that gets me for sure. But so uh, yeah, that's our that's our reason I did that is because I know it kind of tweaks your nose, and then you're always like you're always negative. So like when they were doing something against Buffalo that we both predicted a W, I was going like, okay, I should I should fire something off to him, you know. So you didn't see the, was, the other text I had with my other group of friends talking about said game. So uh, it it was not well, before you move on. Like it was nice. Like the first couple days, I was like, man, Griff goes into this ball game. He like. He, he he's as excited as I am that hey even though I want the draft pick like hey they're playing well they might win this game like looked pretty good on offense chucking the ball up to Kenny Galladay like it was rolling good so I mean if you were I mean if you were lying to, be, to yourself like I I took it as man Griffka's turned a corner well no I mean don't get me wrong I mean they I know they stated off all the ways the Lions could make the playoffs and. You know, so like as we were talking last week, you know, like, okay, you know, just keep it in mind. I, I was flipping back and forth watching that, uh, well, because we had the uh, Minnesota-Miami game on here as well. It was the uh, other game in our area. So I kept flipping back and forth. I'm like, oh, Minnesota's up 14 nothing. Oh, Minnesota's up 14-10. I'm like, oh, okay, nice job, Miami. And then all of a sudden the second half happened and Miami decided not to come out of the locker room. So I'm like, okay, that kind of, you know, and then the Lions ended up, you know, losing. So it was just like, oh, geez, so... That was just one of those things, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a tough day. Well, let's get into like some of the little. I mean, before you give kind of the overview, I guess let's just get into some of the little quick hits, and we'll talk about this game a little bit. So, I got a few quick hits, Grifka, and then you can either hit me with some quick things on your mind, or just uh, respond in general. So, the, the few things I had for this ball game: Kenny Galladay is a beast, Grifka, a freaking beast. Just throw the ball up to this guy. He goes up and gets it. It doesn't even have to be a good throw. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, perfectly to him. He just adjusts to the football and goes and gets it. The next thing I had is a missed extra point. Are you kidding me? Like, I see this every week in the NFL now, but for weeks and weeks, I've been watching the Lions going, why the hell does Sam Martin come out there with a towel and a glove? There is not another holder that is so worried about messing up a snap that he has to bring a towel out with him. That should just be illegal in general. And then he's got a glove, I think, on his one hand where he's supposed to sort of hold or turn the football. Like, are you kidding me? I mean, he comes out with that, and then Matt Prater, for some reason, every kick has to have the smelling salts. Like, what are these guys? They're bringing out gimmicks left and right like they're old wrestlers. Like, got to grab my towel, my glove, and my smelling salts before I can go out and kick a ball, and then he still drops it. That was garbage. Then I got here, the missed tackle by JD on that run by Allen. Are you kidding me? Like he's sitting there spying him. Then he then he shoots the gap. Totally misses after we, after I've given him some cred. Totally misses. Allen rolls out the back gate and just scores a touchdown. Like 
Come on, Jared Davis. You got to be kidding me. And the last item I had just on my quick hits slash rants today is Tracy Walker. Tracy, Tracy, Tracy. Everybody's getting excited about this guy. Like, oh, he's playing well. Can't wait to see him more. Then third down, game on the line. He comes right off the edge, unblocked. I don't know what he did. He just olayed the guy like like I've never seen before, letting him get right up to the sticks. Like, oh, Grifka, man, this is a tough episode for me, man. I've just been rolling about on this one. you got to take the mic for a while. Okay. Um, first one, uh, yeah, Kenny is a beast. Yeah, he had a great game. He did seem pretty uncomfortable with that. Or not uncomfortable, he, he uncoverable. He made some miraculous catches and, it even it seemed like Buffalo was rolling coverage to him, and he was still beating that. Uh, and once again, um, I, I you know he's not elite, but he's definitely improving. He's had a great year. Um, can't even understand how he didn't make to be like a Pro Bowl alternate. And I'm not one of those guys that just like you know Pro Bowl snub. You know I'm not that guy. But uh, he he's had he's had a very good year um, on a team that uh, where the offense is you know stagnant at points and looks pretty bad and. All the other options that were supposed to be there are you know, are gone. So uh, with him, the game he had against Buffalo and Buffalo has Buffalo has, has a good defense, you know. Uh, so for what he did in that game, I was it was pretty pretty impressive. Now um, the missed PAT. I mean, Dom Mulebach. I think he's probably one of the best snappers in the game. But don't know, man. He just skipped it back there. I mean, that was just a bad snap, is is what it was, and. Uh, I mean, that's one of those things that just happens. But, and I know it happens to other teams. But you know, that's just very lion lions esque right there. Is that uh, the way that happened? You know, at a certain point, and they, they, you know, of course you could always use that extra point. But uh, right there was just kind of strange. And then there's no okay. lions esque on the Kool Aid cast, Griffin. Get that out of your system. That's garbage. Okay. Well, okay. Well, then your there's last no, couple oh, we messed here. up. That's Lions-esque. That's same old Lions. Like, go right. take that to another podcast. Okay, because, you know, right now I go into the I go into the negative. So um, I say Lions-esque because, yeah, Matt Prater has a big leg, but they settled for that field goal just to, just assuming that he was going to make that thing. I mean, that was a 40-plus yarder in Buffalo, and that was, what, third and, third and nine? They run just like a little quick hitter to the outside, and it gains like – like a yard or two, it's like, oh, well, we're still within his range. Yeah, I mean, he, he makes that a lot. But that is just taking that for granted. And that's what I say, settling for your field goals is just going to cost you games. I mean, that was pathetic. They didn't even try to get the first down. I mean, they weren't even going for it. I mean, this is like, oh, well, just, oh, Matt's going to get this. Uh, who said he's going to get a 40-plus yarder in Buffalo? I mean, it was, in, indoors, I... I, I, I I would I would live with it, you know, indoors, but that's in Buffalo. I mean, the wind swirls around that place all the time, and they'll say, "Oh yeah, he'll make it." What are you kidding me? I mean, that's just that's just stupid thinking. That. What and do you then, mean he never misses? He has smelling salts. His holder has a glove and a towel. It's an automatic make, right? Hey, that towel that towel's big. That's a big but, freaking uh, towel. That's a beach towel he brings out. Like yeah. nobody nobody else in NFL history brings out a beach towel with them. It's Sam yeah. Martin out of here, by the way. Like he can't punt anymore either. Get rid of him. <laughs> Cash, you are in a grouchy mood today. Because I, ho- I hope you pile on too. Because I'm I'm about ready to make some disparaging comments about your boy. Um, once again, I, I know he had nine tackles, and he's like your favorite person on the team. But you're right. Ziggy? I don't know. Th- no, Jared no. Davis. Um, oh. Like the first one, you're right. That touchdown run by Allen. He, yeah, you're right. He was spying him, but still. 
he, he needs to take a better angle on that. He he needs to force his he needs to force the guy back inside. No, he like goes to where he's like standing at the time. And it's, it's like no, you need to like kind of bow to the outside a little bit because all your all your helps on the inside. So if he's gonna run, he's got to run up the he's got to run towards the middle. No, you break your ankles, run towards the middle, and you just give him the whole edge. I mean, okay. it's just like come on, man. It's just that's that's pathetic. And then and then on third and seven. He jumps uh, off sides late in the game. Uh, oh, oh, that's on me. Yeah, Jared Davis. Yeah, thanks, Captain Obvious. We know it's on you because nobody else <laughs> moved. And then it's just like you gave him a third and two. And then it's like, yo, oh, that's on me. I've got to be better. Really, dude? I'm, I'm sorry. I forgot about your nine tackles that you made in the meaningless portion of, like, the early part of the game. But give me a break, man. It's stuff like that that I remember about Jared Davis. You know, hey, let me let me jump in, Griff. I got two counterpoints. First of all, oh, now you're in a good mood because I talked about your guy. <laughs> no, no. Like, here's the thing. I cut a promo earlier about negative Lions fans. It's not like I'm negative today. I'm just like totally frustrated because this ended our season, which we already had a bad season, but this really put a nail in the coffin. That's why I'm kind of just going off today and not like it's not a negative rant really as much as a frustrated rant. But I want to talk about the Jared Davis play. I hit on it. Now you've hit on, on it from your side. This is the the play where Josh Allen scores a touchdown. Now, if we roll back the tape, the last two to three games when he's been playing well, he's had the same type of plays that we can go back and, and circle where he sat in the middle, he sort of played whatever he had to do, coverage, whatever it may be, and as the play developed, he shot his gun, he went, and he got the quarterback and got sacks. So he has done it. This game, it was a huge miss. Why? Because it resulted in a touchdown. And as you said, some of the, we're not in the huddle, but we're smart enough to know that if you just take his other shoulder and move him inside, that's going to be like a loss or a couple yard gain, whatever it may be, not breaking out the sideline to, to get a score. So, he has done it. We got to give him credit there. When he missed it, I don't mind you calling him out, but you know, you, my beef with you is give him credit when he same that same play. I, I wish I had the exacts, but I know the last couple of games he stood there, stood there, boom, rushed the quarterback late and brought him down, and we were all like, "Oh, what a play by uh, by JD." You know what I mean? Now the offsides, I have nothing to say about it. Like I'm so glad you brought it up because in the midst of all my ranting today. Like, I didn't bring that up, but, I mean, that is just football 101. Like, you're just standing over the ball. Josh Allen had already done that garbage multiple times in this game where he's sitting there barking these fake, you know, uh, height calls. Like, it was nothing new. It's not like when Stafford used to break it out. Remember, he'd break it out, like, out of nowhere in the late fourth quarter, hadn't done it in in weeks, I mean, this guy had tried that same trick like three, four times, I remember, in the game. And we had jumped almost every time. Like, I know you're juiced up. I know you want to stop the play, but there's no excuse for that at all. Like, I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know how you get so jittery that you don't stay on sides. I mean, that's the biggest key on that play is staying on sides. I don't care if you're a half a beat late off the snap. Like, come on. Yeah, and it's – Everyone's like, well, yeah, it was still third and two, and they had an opportunity to stop them. And Buffalo caught the edge to get the fourth and you know inches, and then Josh Allen just kind of dove over the top for the first down. But uh, it was it was that play right there, that third and seven. He's just like, you just need to hold your water. You know, they're just going to run it up the middle. 
and all, that's all you got to do is, is stuff it there because a third and seven, I mean, it, it has the opportunity like happened on that third and two where you get pushed out of bounds. So if, uh, teams are going to want to run the clock. They're, they're going to generally run towards, you know, they're going to run it, you know, more inside the tackles on that just to keep the clock rolling. But, I mean, he just needed to ho- hold his water there. And then the last point I want to break up, you know, yeah, you talk about Tracy Walker, but, you know, I, I kind of want to skip that one. My, my favorite thing to watch all game was watching Mike Ford run. That guy looks like he's running. So he, he's like gangly, like a like a 12-year-old kid trying to run who's like not quite grown into his body yet. It's so funny when they're showing the replays of those crossing routes where he's like chasing down the wide receiver and it was just like, his arms are just kind of flailing and it's not smooth looking at all. It's, it's not graceful at all. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Even Nevin Lawson looks better chasing a guy down and trying to make a play. He just looks smoother at it, but oh gosh, it's like Mike Ford, his arms are like dangling all over the place or like swaying in the wind. He's kind of like one of those wind socks that you see outside of a, uh, outside of a uh, car dealership when they're holding the sale or something like that. Oh my gosh. I was like laughing, watching this guy run. I'm just like, Oh my gosh! And just he's just ungraceful chasing after somebody. It looks like, it looks like he's trying so hard and he's not moving. So, uh, Griff, I'm not gonna let you get away with that because a few weeks ago when we put a, like people to watch the rest of the year or people that you had some interest in, Mike Ford he was one of them. He's at top of your list. Oh, he was man, Mike Ford. He's looking I said, good. Like I said, let's see a little more him. of him. I was like, Let's see a little more of him. I've seen a little more of him now. I've seen a little more. I've seen this guy actually run a whole lot. You know what I mean? So, him, you know, yeah, you're right. I always say, yeah, let's see a little more of the guy. Let's see. You know, I'm not ready to anoint him, you know, uh, you know, and, you know, this, the other corner. I'm like, yeah, he played pretty good. Let's see a little more. Yeah, we saw a little more. I mean, he can't chase down anybody. You know, he's like, like I said, he's like an 11-year-old boy trying to chase somebody down. He's not quite, quite grown into a size 12 feet yet, you know, whereas – like the strides are all gangly and stuff. It's just funny to watch. So Grifka, before we move forward, like, do you want the wind sock or do you want Nevin Lawson or do you want T's Tabor? Just curious. <laughs> oh my gosh! If I had to pick one, oh gosh. you're taking the wind sock, right? Oh, uh, oh no! I think I want no. T's Tabor. Simply so I could sit there and go, cheese nuts, you know, something like that. <laughs> oh, th- man. Like, I mean, I, I'd i love to – I mean, you, you should be proud of me, Grifka, that, like, I want to support Tease and I want to think he's going to be good, but he's really shown me nothing. He hasn't made, like, one play since he's been here. Like, I've almost given up on this guy early where normally I'm the last guy to give up on somebody, but – Tease can't freaking cover anybody, and Nevin Lawson is just as terrible. It's been weeks now where every game, when there's a big play or when there's like a first down, it's every time it's Nevin Lawson trailing <laughs> yeah, the play. Every that's what time. I did again on Sunday. Hey, Nevin Lawson again getting burned. Hey, nice play, Nevin every Lawson. Every time. But It'd be one see, thing if it was like every three or four and then it was somebody else, but it's him every time. See – uh, t- I say Tease Tabor because we all remember your Kevin Smith jersey that said Smith with like what like five M's in there, if I remember correctly. No, 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 no. You got it wrong. Like tw- like ten F's. Smith. I thought. You- oh, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, Smith. See, that's what I- I'd get a Tease Tabor jersey, but instead of saying Tabor, it would say nuts, and everybody like you know, but N U T Z. Like, what's that mean? You know, Tease nuts, man. 
there you go. It's like, how awesome would that be? Is that is that on your Christmas list, Griffco? You really want that? <laughs> yeah, I actually went to the mall and sat on Santa's lap and asked for that. You should see the picture. It's very nice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I don't know. They'll probably be on clearance pretty soon because uh, – Well, I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm figuring next year when me and you go to the game, we'll be able to go into the uh, pro shop there where they have all the game-cut jerseys and stuff of, like, the people that used to be on the team. Like, remember the one year we went and we saw, like, Bill Swan cut and stuff like that? We're like, Bill Swan cut? It's like, that dude didn't make it out of training camp. But, see, I'm just – that's where no, I'm picking You were like Bill jersey. Swan cut. I have no idea who that is. So, Bill Swan cut, that's all you. <laughs> I'm like, Bill that's, Swan that's cut, like a, don't you remember him? That's he like, like a 1980s like a reference. Draft pick. Yeah. yeah, no idea who you're talking about. But, uh, like you say, I, I do know there's always the old scrubs are in the, uh, the bargain bin, no doubt about it. Man, Griffka, this is a tough one to talk about. I'm uh, I'm frustrated across the board, and now you got me talking about windsock, tease nuts, and uh, <laughs> and and watching Nevin Lawson trail a play like he's uh, uh, gosh, man, he's just brutal. I don't even know what to say. Yeah, let's just say let's just chalk this one up to uh, it just ended the season, and uh, the offense was like once again kind of stagnant. And just didn't look very good. You know, you can say like, oh, they just didn't have their weapons out there. But that Buffalo team, I mean, yeah, for they have a good defense. But that offense, those, gosh, those wide receivers, they just haven't really done anything all year. Then all of a sudden, it was a Foster just running by guys, you know. Like, I remember, I remember him at Alabama. He was like one of those high recruits that they got. And he just did nothing on that team. And I was like, they attributed it to like, oh, well, you know, they get so many stars, you know, maybe that's why. And. He was just out there just running past guys, and Nevin Lawson couldn't keep up with him. Mike Ford couldn't keep up with him. I mean, it was just, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It, it was rough. What, um, I know we've kind of bounced it back and forth and talked about a lot already, but I got a couple things. Like, so I said in the beginning this was a tale of two games. Like, so a couple years ago, always start bad and finish strong. And then like when we were really struggling this last year or this early this year, we were starting and finishing bad. And now it seems like there's been a case of sometimes like starting good. And then like you said, just going ultra conservative, you know, being up like 10 and acting like we're up 30, you know, and just screen pass run. Like, like why can't we put, like a full game together. Why can't we put build off what we did? Because you said, Oh, offense was struggling. That offense was not struggling in the beginning, man. We were moving the ball up and out of the field. We were having some good run runs inside and outside. You know, how many times have I said it weeks and weeks, throw it up to Kenny. Felt like he finally just gave him a chance. And every time he basically made the play, like, why can't this team put four quarters together or play a game where you're just like, wow, they had great success with Kenny in the first quarter or two quarters. Hey, maybe we should go to it after halftime. I, I think that it almost becomes kind of like a coach thinks it's, it's like almost like fool's gold that Buffalo wasn't really moving the ball. They had that one drive where they scored the touchdown, but Detroit's defense was like, it showed up and they were, you know, I think Buffalo ran the ball pretty good, but still they were Detroit's Detroit's defense was bending, but not breaking. I mean, you know, the cliche 
and I think it became like, oh, it's, you know, oh, our defense is holding. They're doing fine. They're doing fine. We'll just go out there as long as Stafford doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't lose the game. We'll just, you know, milk some clock, try to get a drive together. Oh, we got a punt. Our defense will hold. And the, Detroit's defense was doing that. You know, it's like Buffalo would cross the 50, and all of a sudden they'd bow their back. And, well, I believe Buffalo missed a field goal at one point. But, um, you know, they, they would hold them. But then it happened where, you know, I always say, like, defenses that play bend don't break. At some point, they break. And that's what happened. I mean, you know, Josh Allen, you know, just chucked up a long one, pass interference, you know, chucked up another one. There's Nevin Lawson, you know, four feet behind the wide receiver, and they just they just kind of marched down the field. And then when the offense needs to get back kind of rolling again, you haven't been moving the ball cause, because you've been playing so ultra-conservative that you don't have any rhythm. You know, it's just – I, that's what I believe that's what happens when the lines get up by, like you said, they get up by like, you know, seven, 10 points and the defense is playing pretty well. And the coach is like, okay, just don't lose it for us. Our defense has this. And it isn't, I mean, that line's defense isn't the old steel curtain. They're not the old Baltimore Ravens, you know, that's, they're, they're, they're not that great, you know? So there, I mean, <laughs> that was double. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I think what they fall into. They fall into that trap where maybe Matt Patricia has seen it with New England, where it's just like they get up, and it's like, okay, the other, team's, you know, the other team goes down and scores, like, okay, Tom Brady, go out and do something. But, I mean, the Lions, they're not that team, so. Yeah, so Grifka, this game in Buffalo ended all playoff chances. Yeah, there's two games left. Yeah, they'll go out and compete with whoever they have. But my simple question to you is now what? You start looking for pass rushers or a cornerback, depending on where you're at, because you were watching the game, and uh, even the announcers mentioned at that point, just like, Allen, all day to throw. I mean, they must have said that. I don't know how many times they said that, where he was just back there surveying the field. And, yeah, he's a rookie, but you give any quarterback, you know, that amount of time just to kind of stand back there and survey the field. I mean, your defensive backs are not going to be able to cover that long, and, that's just one of those things where they need to get a pass rush, and that that's didn't just a must. Uh, didn't have as much time when they when Ziggy was coming off the edge did they Griffin? Yeah, you know for um you know when 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 he wasn't when on when he wasn't on the rack he he handled the corners really well and you know he was you know zero to sixty in one point two seconds so uh yeah yeah when All right, when, don't, when, don't, when he was out there. Don't give the people your car metaphor again. We I gave you credit last week for that, but we can't have a repeat. So. Yeah, that's what uh, he'll always be. He will always be the. Uh, he will always be that to me, right there. Great car, well, always in the shop. Well, they missed him. Like you say, there was absolutely no rush. Uh, you know, I I think you're on with it. I mean, now what we've already talked about in the beginning about sitting down some of these key players. Like when I look at the Lions, like I still look at there and go, man. Lots of young talent, good contracts, you know, guys to build around. But, you know, we just never could win when we were healthy. And then these last six weeks when we haven't been healthy, we couldn't win either. So that's really just been the tough season. So, you know, when you say now what, I just say get everybody healthy. And as you said, like, I've already started getting after my free agent list. I already have some draft wants. So, Grifka, have you done any free agent looking at any who's going to be available and you got any draft thoughts just really quick to give the people or not yet? No, not yet. I always like to do the draft after I know more of the people that are going to, that are coming out, you know, all the 
early ones, you know, the juniors or the redshirt sophomores that are coming out and then go from there. And that's kind of when I start to look at the draft and free agency right now, the ones that everybody knows about are the ones that, um, you know, like the guys that they're kind of marginal, you know, it's like, yeah, they're not going to be like, Oh, this guy's going to go and hit the market. You know? Yeah. We all know golden Tate's going to be out there. They're not, you know, Philadelphia's not going to franchise him, but you know, like you said, the chances of, you know, if they were going to think about resigning him, they wouldn't have traded him. But, I, you know, I can't see that happening. So I usually give it a little bit, you know, and then, you know, once the new year hits, you know, once the season's officially over, once the new year hits, that's kind of when I start looking at it. I'm still, even though they're not in the playoff hunt anymore, I'm still, like, season mode. All right. Well, weeks and weeks ago, we had our uh, half-shouting match about, you thought I was saying lose for the draft pick when really I was saying consider the draft pick and I'll still root for my team. But now that we are out of everything, there's only two games left. Everybody's banged up. Like I'm totally in free agent scouting mode, um, getting all over this draft pick stuff. So we'll hit on this on other shows completely and really get into it in depth. But I want to give the people a quick look. So, we're picking at seven now. We're going to stay in that top ten. And if we lose these last two games, we are going to be up in that top five. So I know it's pretty simplistic when you're up in the top five. But I think everybody that's a Lions fan should be just totally um, – you said eyes on a corner right, edge rusher. I mean, there's there's three good corners in this that will go probably in the top of this first round. Everybody's hearing the name Greedy Williams and – I love them for a ton of reasons, but I know there's um, two other guys that are going to be right there in the mix when it's all said and done. So everybody keep their eyes on them. You know, Cleveland Farrell is my favorite edge rusher right now. He just has the size and the ability. He looked really good replacing Ziggy, kind of coming off that edge and being a Patricia type guy. And then Griff, could you want to hear my top two free agent targets right now? I think you're going to love these. Yeah, I'm. I'm very interested. 40 or 50 million available, Grifka. I don't see why we can't pinpoint some blue chip, young needs on defense. So when I start breaking down the list, again, I haven't had a ton of time to dive into it, but I went through, just kind of perused the list, kind of looked at guys that were young, that were probably going to be affordable, and that were realistically maybe want to play in the D. And the two big names I came up with on defense were Frank, Clark coming off the edge. I mean, I don't know if you watched this guy, Grifka, but I think he's 25 years old, maybe 26, but something like that. He might even be 24, but this guy is an absolute specimen athletically. You watch a game of Seattle's, go pull up a game online or watch his highlights. This guy's a beast coming off the edge. I mean, size, speed, really good motor. He had some character issues coming out, but man, Frank Clark would look great coming off the edge, I think, for the Lions. And the other guy I like, which this guy's sort of been really big early in his career, was even a Lions target in the draft when he came out. But he went one pick before, man. Anthony Barg. This is a this is an outside linebacker hybrid type player that has size, speed, ability. And when I watched him, he's got the captain C. I mean, he's a captain there for the Vikings. Like he has he's had a few struggles in coverage, but man. I think Anthony Barr is the kind of hybrid linebacker you could put with Kennard and really wreck some fools. So 
those are my top two guys I kind of looking at. What do you think about that? Uh, those two top free agent targets, along with getting a guy like Greedy or Farrell in the draft, that would definitely help the defense. And like I said, those are guys that the Lions need right now. I mean, uh, Anthony Barr. Besides, you know, being being a good player, you take you would be taking him from a division rival. And plus, he's got some speed, so uh, you can never have too much speed on defense. And then, you know, like I said, Frank Clark. Um, you know, once again, I mean, Michigan man. I know, like you said, he had some, uh, you know, character issues that you know were talked about at the draft, and that's why he probably slipped a little bit. But he seems so to have kept his me. nose clean in uh, in Seattle. So. Uh, It'd definitely be a couple guys that I would be interested in for this defense. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, before we get to our questions, Griffith, do you think this is the year, this is the offseason where we make hard pushes for these? I mean, these these are two guys I mentioned that are up in the top, you know, 20 to 50 free agents overall that are going to be out there. Don't you think this is the year where we go out and get a couple of those guys rather than these mid to low tier guys that even if they're good, like nobody's heard of them and you get a, you pay them next to nothing. Like we got to spend big money and get a couple impact blue chip young type guys. And like I said, these guys are right in the prime. It's not like I'm getting guys that are nearing 30. These guys are ready to roll, man. I, I sure hope so. I mean, if they got the cap space, I mean, what are you doing? Saving it for a rainy day. I always like that when you always see those articles, you know, like, you know, come week 10, this is what the Lions can't have in cap space right now. It's like, who cares? I mean, we're, we're going to sign somebody off the street, you know, that that we're going to pay this money for. And, like, you know, I understand you can't it's, – it's very difficult to use your whole cap coming right out of camp, you know, because you need that in case of injuries. But there's, like, nobody walking the street with, like, the cap space, you know, like, you know, all the lines are, you know, you know 15 million under the cap. There ain't nobody on the street you're going to get 15 million to. So who cares, you know? So yeah, right, cool, but if cool they're, if they're right up against the cap, they can't get they can't get a guy like Snacks either. So I see both sides of that, but I yeah. agree with you for the most part. Secondly, though, um, you know, I feel like the last couple of years, Bobby Quinn has has added those mid to low tier guys. So he's done that already. He spent lots of draft resources on meat and potatoes of like O line, fringe backup corners, you know, some safe safety depth. So. There's heat on him. There's no reason. Like you say, he has money. He has really no dead cap. He's filled some other spots, which he had to do before you can make these type of swings. But man, get the get. We don't talk baseball in this podcast, but get out the get out the big bat and start swinging for the fences, man. So we'll we'll talk more about other guys that are out there. And if I dig into the list a little bit more, there might be some other names. But you didn't hear me bring up names like Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, of course, he would fit and be a great player, but. I mean, he's not coming here to Detroit, you know, from what I could tell. He'd probably stay in Dallas and get paid. So I tried to be realistic, too, of two guys that could see breaking away from their team. I mean, I could see Frank Clark staying out there and getting paid, but tried to be a little realistic. So everybody out there, Kool-Aid drinkers, like, you know, we'd love your thoughts on some of those guys or, like, uh, just start thinking about how we can take the core we already have, add some pieces in free agency, hopefully be – optimistic and hit a home run in the draft with the first four rounds or so. And that would be rolling, man. This team should be good to go. So they definitely need some offensive talent too, which like I said, I'm going to dive into that, see if we can get ourselves a receiver or a um, flex tight end of some sort. Um, but it may pro- we got probably Levine not. Taloilo. We don't need a flex. We don't need anybody else. <sighs> we have found me. something with Levine Taloilo. <laughs> Don't get me started, especially after he made a couple of plays again. They started talking. I'm yeah, one catch. 
He had one catch yeah. on Sunday. Oh, boy. Well, Grifka, I've had quite the podcast. I've been fired up from the get-go. I've had a few good rants. I've been uh, frustrated, not negative. There's a big difference. You want to hit a few questions before we close up the show here? Yeah, let's uh, knock this out. All right. So these questions are actually for you, Grifka. Just uh, straight-up questions. Want to get your take. First question. Why can't we finish games this year, especially in the fourth quarter like we did in the past? That was supposed to be our go-to. What's going on there? Like I said, I believe that uh, it's uh, it, it's handcuffed by the uh, offensive coordinator. I think teams have gotten to know Jim Bob Cooter, and they know how to stop him. He, it seems like he has a lot of same tendencies like when we are watching the game and in your lazy boy on Sunday and you're sitting there kind of naming off what they're going to run. And you know, I, th- I like you said, it's just, those, this, these are pros. This is what they do for a living. They spend hours upon hours watching game film. They, they're going to know what, you know, okay, these are going to be the, it's this, it's this down in distances. It's these five plays or these X amount of plays that Jim Bob's going to call and you know, the set. So it's just like, oh, okay, so your defense adjusts to it. So I, I think that's why, you know, especially on offense defense is just uh it's just, you know, your defense just trying to come up big. And the, the, the defensive talent, it's just not there this year that, like, if they have to make a crucial stop or something. So that that's what that's what I believe this year is. Grifka, are you seeing the same issues I am on crucial plays? I mean, we already brought up a few this last game. The Jared Davis missed sack. The Tracy Walker absolute ole, terrible missed tackle to basically end the ball game, end our playoff chances, like – why why can't we make plays in the biggest moments? And we haven't even hit the biggest moments yet. Like wait till we're on a big stage with a big game. Like who's gonna come up and make that play to help us win the game? I I'm not seeing many people that are playing great when the lights are brightest. Yeah, I think stuff like Davis and Walker, those are just young guys right there. I mean it's just uh I think it's just guys just trying to make plays, you know, trying to like turn around the culture of the team, you know, and come up with that big stop. And so they do get a little antsy and they, they, you know, they're trying to like time the snap perfectly and make a play, but uh, it's just, it's costing the lines obviously on that. It's just their mistiming. It's just, you know, it's not doing their job, I guess, you know, as Matt Pat or the New England Patriots wanted to, you know, do it's like, do your job. I mean, your job isn't to make penalties. It's to, it's to make plays, but I, I believe that's what it is. It's just guys trying to make plays. So, Well, I don't want to rant on it, and this is the Grifka question segment, but everybody that's listening to this, if you didn't see it on Sunday, go back and find a way to watch that final play. I mean, it's one of the worst plays I've seen. Tracy Walker completely unblocked. He took a great angle. He could have absolutely laid the smack down on that guy and blew him up maybe for definitely for like a loss of a couple yards, if not a fumble. And instead, I don't know what he does. He just dives past the guy. He doesn't even really grab a leg, doesn't wrap up. I mean, it's one of the worst uh, plays I've ever seen. And, and I'm just calling that a crucial play because if he makes it, maybe we win that game and still have a playoff chance or have something going for us. So if you didn't see that, people, go back and go back and find it. Grifka, what they put carry on in bubble wrap, we've already talked about what's his ceiling, but – I want to know from you, like, do they need to add another running back to compliment him, or is he just the the three-down beast coming in next year, no question about it? 
No, I would keep another bigger back. You know, you know, Legarrette Blunt type. I don't want to. I don't want to waste a high draft pick on it. Um, funny thing was that uh, I was reading something. You know, like Mike Weber from Ohio State declares for the draft, and I got people like, you know, I would take this guy in the fourth round. I would do this. Mike Weber's a crybaby, biatch. I wouldn't take that guy. I mean, you couldn't. You know, I don't care if he's sitting there, the best running back on the board, and you know, kick rocks, Mike Weber, crybaby. What do you What do you ever do to you? He's a he's a crybaby biatch. That's all I gotta say, man. That's what he is. I wouldn't. What would you take him? I mean, I'm sure you would. Be, oh, oh, he's awesome. But no, I wouldn't forget him. You know, yeah, I mean, we we don't need to get back in the draft, but it's all about where, when, and and he's got some skills and some pedigree. So I mean, yeah, I don't okay. know what your what your personal beef is with him. I don't know. Yeah. If he, he punched you in the face and took your candy or what? No, not Mike Weber. <laughs> I could beat the crap out of that wussy in a second. <laughs> like whatever. I know I'm talking tough on a podcast, but bring it up, I'd kick him in the knee, and then he'd be looking for a referee and crying about it. Or like, my coach left Ohio State. I was lied to. <laughs> Whatever, Mike Weber. All right. Then he, well, then he cheap shots Jordan Lewis. He's my brother. I know I've cheap shotted my brother a whole bunch of times. Yeah, whatever, Mike Weber. And little biatch, whatever. Cry, baby. See you working the freaking popcorn stand at the local fair. You know, running the tilt the world garbage. <laughs> Whatever. Man, I, I'm entertained, but I got to cut you off, Griffo, before they put it explicit on our podcast with uh, this rant you're going on right here. So, on to on to better topics. Can 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 Marvin and Kenny be top flight wide receivers in 19, both individually and as a duo? I think it's got to go back to the offense. If uh, it depends on what the offense runs, if it's real conservative check down Charlie crap, you know, like they run right now. I mean, I can't see them. I can't see them being you know, like top flight, stretch the field. It just it just doesn't seem that way. I mean, before, I mean, you're begging them to throw the ball deep to you know Kenny Galladay, and still it's just you know it's like third and ten, and they're running like a just a little dump pass to uh, Theo Riddick out in the flat or. You know, third and seven, they run that little underneath route when Golden Tate was here, whoever's here for like three yards. Oh, you go get the rest of them. You know, you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be a top flight wide receiver or thought of if that's what your offense runs. So, I mean, it, it, I think it ultimately depends on what the offense, what the offense is, if these guys are top flight or not. All right. And to finish out the Grifka question segment this week, can this defense be t- top 10 and Dare I be so bold to say maybe a top five next year with some key additions? Well, sure. I mean, especially with the run. I don't – like I said, it's – Buffalo seemed to run the ball pretty good, you know, based on those running backs that they had running the ball. They seem they seem to be gashing the lines at plays. And I know teams have off weeks and stuff, but that's since Snacks has been here, I think that's probably been their worst – running defense and that's even counting was I think because was it Todd Gurley had over 100 yards rushing against them but uh that's that's the Rams offense compared to Buffalo's offense that's that they can be but uh like you said uh they need you know the, the couple guys you were talking about you know draft a couple other people yeah they, they could definitely be at least a top 10 all right, I'm glad you said top ten at the end because when you just said, "Oh, definitely," like a top five defense in the NFL is tough to obtain. I mean, 
I would love to see the Lions have that, but it's such a competitive league. I think top five will be tough, but yeah, man, if they get some young beasts that can rush and can cover, like I think we need to be in the top ten to have the kind of year next year that we're hoping for in a bounce back. I mean, so. you saw the stat: Buffalo has overall the number one defense in the league, and they're nowhere clear. They're nowhere near the playoffs. So, and I know that comes back to what they have on offense. I mean, the Lions strive for like a top ten you know, a top 10 defense and they have some parts on offense. I mean, that's all you really need is a top 10. You don't need that defense. Like, okay, if we hold them to seven points, you know, we're going to win because our offense can put up 10, you know, you know, it's like they, they have the offense and they have some key pieces there that, that can score. They just need the offense coordinator to open up the playbook and, you know, like you said, get a few key pieces on defense and yeah, they, they could be right there. Yeah, I agree with you. I was just saying that uh, Detroit, like, it'd be so awesome to have a top five D that just flew around and just was dominant, you know, but that's really easier said than done, and we just haven't been at that level in a long time. So, um, you know, I think that that would be fun to have top five, but top ten's a little more realistic. So, you know, hopefully it happens, and, and everyone's down on our offense, but I think they can get it together too. So, Grifka, we talked all about the Buffalo game. We've, we've talked some free agency, some draft. You know, I've had a very frustrating podcast and had a good rant. A bunch of frustrated energy today. I'm ready to get out of here and we'll be back Friday to talk about the Vikings. That sound good with you? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. All right, Kool-Aid drinkers, uh, hit us up, Detroit underscore Kool-Aid on Twitter. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Share us with a friend. Me and Grifka will be back Friday morning. Uh, previewing this Vikings game and talking everything Lions. So uh, thanks again, everybody. Take care. Detroit Kool-Aid cast, we're out. Pack the bag, start the plane. This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.